There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. I'm Tyler. I'm Casey. And you're listening to... The Element Podcast. What is happening with people? It is hot outside. <laughs> Are you just laughing at the emphasis or what? <laughs> that is such, that's, a, that's a Hopkins County thing to do. It right is, there. dude. I'll tell you what. All right. I know I, I live here in range, but. You all say that old armadillo. Armadillo. Hopkins is home, sir. All right. The heat gets to us this time of year. Y'all been on a mower all day. Tyler's just been getting hot himself. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> mentally, physically, all of it. <laughs> Mostly mentally. And, <laughs> and uh, we are laughing and having a good time today because we are talking to another good timer. His name is Lucas Psycho, and we're going to talk about hunting buck bedding in the early season. All right? And this ain't going to be your standard old, oh, going the marsh <laughs> thing. All right? Like, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty about how to kill these big bucks on buck bedding. And... Just so y'all know, we are doing another podcast series in conjunction with kind of our standard show, what this is. It's called Public Pins, and we talk all about these different tactics, these different scenarios that you'll run into out on public land whenever you're deer hunting, okay? So be sure and check that out as well. Tyler, I do believe you have ranked buck bedding in the past, and you probably did on that podcast, but would you tell the peoples how you feel about bug bedding when it comes to a tactic that you're going to use? Uh, I don't use it very often, but you know, the best way I don't want to go into a huge description, but cause I did that on that podcast, but <laughs> yeah, um, I, there are times when buck bedding happens to fall in your lap mm-hmm. that it can be really effective. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I think there's also particular circumstances, um, for, 
certain people like Lucas Psycho where it actually works really well to mm-hmm. hunt buck bedding. It's just not something that has worked really well for us in the past. Yeah. So what about you? Um, I think that in Texas, it's something that I hardly ever correlate to. But when we go out of state, I believe it's especially when you start talking about some of that more Western stuff, it's so um, advantageous. I'm not going to say easy, but it's advantageous to pinpoint the areas these deer are spending their daytime and then figure out where they're spending their nighttime and get in between there on whatever hunt it is. And I mm-hmm. think that Lucas is really an expert at doing that. So if you want to, I want to, I think we need to we need get to. Lucas Psycho on the phone. Let's do it. All right. So now on the phone, we've got Lucas Psycho. He has been on the podcast before. He is definitely one of the favorites of ours and the audience in the past. <laughs> Lucas, how's the summer going, man? Oh, it's fantastic. Other than uh, we could use about six more inches of rain. Yeah, I think that's uh, <laughs> kind of the the whole um, upper plains, isn't it? Like Montana's the yeah, same way. Yeah. And... Yep. Yeah. It's it's been dry everywhere up here. Yeah. Um, you know, and right now it's just more or less. Uh, each day I just keep count. You know. Each day that goes by, I don't find dead deer and stuff like that or hear of it in the area. It's just like, you know, it's like another sigh of relief, you know, and it gets dry up here, you know, and gets dry in areas. That's a lot of times when stuff starts to pop up, diseases here and there. So uh, just kind of crossing the fingers on that point. Yeah. You don't expect the hurricane to head up there to North Dakota? (laughs) Rain on your... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll get those. We'll get those a lot. But the the rain (laughs) usually turns white. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so. for real oh <laughs> man that's uh, i'd take it right now though if it wanted the snow i'd take it yeah <laughs> man two feet three feet i don't care Let me it go. too me too i don't know if i've ever seen two feet of snow we got close oh, i don't know if you kept oh, up with it but uh oh, last, it's, it's phenomenal it's phenomenal <laughs> yeah last winter like we we got pounded for about a week man it was pounded it was ridiculous <laughs> you know it looked like yeah. north dakota where we were so <laughs> I don't uh, I don't envy that part of what y'all have to deal with by any means, but uh, y'all have some <laughs> quality deer up there that <laughs> that are are you know they do put a twinkle in your eye when you take take a look. Actually, I was just looking at your Instagram page before we we got on because we were messaging there, and I was like, man, yep. his eyes are twinkly. His eyes are twinkly <laughs> all the time because they're killing giant stuff. <laughs> and we want to talk about some early season buck bedding, but I think we it's worth just talking about right quick. Your wife killed a giant moose, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that's a once in a lifetime tag up here in North Dakota. And she, she drew that and it took us, it took us all of, uh, all of, all of almost the whole bow season in North Dakota to, to, for her to knock it down. It was the day before the bow season had ended for, for that, for that moose. And, uh, she, she got her done on the last bow season day. So that's wild. Uh, that man. was, that was the goal. That was the goal. Yeah. It was, you know, just, just right at 50 inches wide. And, uh, uh, it was, uh, I think it, I think it was a six and a half, a seven and a half year old bull, I think. Wow. So, uh, yeah, phenomenal, man. Like that stuff was, you know, at some point I'm, I'm putting together a story and stuff cause it was all filmed and cool. uh, the whole thing, the whole, the whole two weeks or so we were out running around, you know, chasing them things. We had encounter after encounter and, uh it'd just be really cool i think to share that with everybody yeah absolutely man i'd love to see it i just i don't know whenever you said jen drew a moose tag i just kind of expected it to be just a little you know just little paddly headed yep you know moose you know and then i saw that picture and i was like oh my gosh i didn't know those existed in the lower 48 like that you know yeah yeah they're 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 
they're everywhere up here right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not uncommon to see something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's you need more wolves, man. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I'll, I'll hunt them too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I know that was a great blessing for y'all, an exciting thing, and it, it took a, a bunch of your time. But this season, you do not have um, the blessing of a moose tag. So I'm sure you're concentrating on deer and, and getting ready to rock and roll for that. And I know you Very use a ton fun. of different tactics and stuff for this, but um, I do know for a fact, I've actually, I think we've talked to you about this a little bit on, on an interview before, but early season buck bedding is something that you concentrate on or definitely at least employ as a tactic whenever you're trying to pursue early season bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, up in, up, up here, uh, you know, I, I, I go, I go, I try to take every, every spot I got, you know, and if I, unless I have a particular deer, like a particular buck, I won't, I won't venture into his, his bedding area. If I'm trying to kill that one deer, I usually won't go into it early season unless I know it's, it's a slam dunk, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause generally if you take your time on something like that and kind of work the perimeter, you know, enough and try not to just, cause you know, you're hunting one deer. So, you know, you to, to just jump right in on top of it. Sometimes you can just blow up your whole chances for the next month and a half, even, you know, yeah. if you, if you, if you booger it up too much. So to try to maintain, you know, your odds, you know, you just try to stay out of there. But for instance, like this year, I just have, you know, I have a, a really good number of deer in, in all these other areas. So what I'll do is I'll implement, uh, where, where they're, where they're, where they're bedding. I'll try to figure out where they're bedding. And I'll do that mainly by just knowing where they're coming in and out of this, this stuff. Cause I've hunted it so much in, in the past that I, I don't really have to do all of that research anymore on the grounds in there, checking it all out. I kind of got a really good idea where they're, where they're bedding, if they're coming out of, you know, into some particular fields and whatnot. So, um, you know, depending on, depending on where they're bedding, you know, if, if they're, if they're, if they're back along the river, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a no brainer. I'm using the river. I mean, I'm going to come in from the river and get, get with the wind coming, you know, shooting out towards the river. And if, if possible, I'm going to use a crosswind. So when they're, when they're, when they're approaching their bedding area, a lot of times it's big bucks. They're going to, you know, get the wind, wind in their favor, favor, right. Before they go and nestle in for the day, they're going to, they're going to come in from downwind of their bed, make sure everything's good. And so where they make that little bit of, I've heard you, I'm sure you've heard of it. They do like kind of make like a J hook kind of shape. It seems like I've seen them just beeline right into them before too, you know, but you know, I'll, I'll always kind of plan for that where they'll kind of make that J hook around and, and, and put the, uh, the wind in their favor. Cause if it, if you're hunting that bed, a lot of times they have the wind coming from behind them as they're approaching that area, you know, coming from the fields or the river. So they kind of have to loop around it to just check it out. And so that's where I'll kind of set up on that downwind side of every on, on a bed in a bedding area. And it's sometimes it's, it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint right where they're bedding, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's so thick. And a lot of the stuff I'm hunting, they could bed five feet from where they've bed the, yes, the next day. And you could hardly tell, or, you know, it's sometimes it's just a, it's a circumference more than anything. You know, it might be a 40 yard, to 40 yard area that they're bedding right in there. That's mm-hmm. where they're going to be, you know? you And so, um, I, I generally don't go in and, and, and find a big buck bed, you know, like, like a Dan Infault type style deal, you know, where they find that one bed and then they hunt that one bed. It's very rare when I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more or less just, uh, you know, where, where do I think that, that, that general area they're going to be? And then what's the, what's the main path of travel? What's the easiest path of travel? And then where are other deer, other deer going to travel to, right? Cause mm-hmm. I'd rather not have to beat 
12 deer when I could just beat one or two, you mm-hmm. know? So I'll try to stay away from the more high, highly traveled areas and kind of sit off to the side with the, with the crosswinds so that if they go past me, you know, a deer or two, my wind is not also getting busted at that point. You know, I'm still live for the hunt right there, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Right. So, yeah. So, so how, how big is that J hook typically? Like if you were to say from the straight line of that deer walking in to the point where he J hooks into his bed, what's the distance in between that? I'd, I'd say, you know, I've seen them, I've seen them come in like a hundred yards, you know, away from where they actually hook around. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if he's going to bed up to the North where he's at, once he starts entering that thick bedding area, I've, I've seen them come in from a hundred yards South and then kind of hook around, kind of, kind of get closer to the river, kind of come in. And then cause a lot of times they're not, I've noticed they're not bedding right exactly on the river bank. They don't really like that cause they don't want to jump into that big river. Mm-hmm. So they like to have the ability to get out of their bed and they can go either, you know, south, you know, south, north, east, or west, or whatever it might be, depending on the direction of the river travel there. But because if they bed right up against the bank, now they have they have basically maybe two out of three directions they can go, depending on where they're, you know, the predator approaches from, like me or you know, coyotes or whatever, whatever's you know, jumping them out of their bed. So I think what 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 they do is they try to keep the, keep all options open. You know, so they don't bed right on the, right on the edge of that stuff. So, cause I've, I've, I don't know how many times I've come through and find fresh tracks, you know, just kicked a, a big deer out and they, they were able to sneak out of there without me even knowing they were there, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and rarely have I ever seen them really bail into the river. They're yeah. just, they're usually circling back, you know, from the direction I was actually coming from. Mm-hmm. So know, make a nice little circle. you you actually are hunting mornings it sounds like for this a lot of the time is that right yeah yep yep interesting so, man. i feel like most of the country is thinking evenings you know whenever they're talking about early season especially like hunting bucks on beds you know they're kind of mm-hmm. going in and trying to get close and setting up yep so i have i have i have tried to sneak in close to on, on, a, on, on an evening sit you know many times you know mm-hmm. it all just depends on on the scenario but uh like a couple of years ago uh i actually watched the buck get up out of his bed and that was a, that was a deer, uh, a deer I'd been chasing for two years. At that point, I already knew everything about him. And, <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, every I little it. thing. So that, cause I screwed up on him the year before I missed him. I, I had him all figured out and I missed him in late November. Well, the chase ended that night because another giant come walking right past me after I, I missed him. So I took that one. <laughs> and so the hunt was done oh poor and lucas <laughs> i know right it's, it's you've probably seen the picture on instagram is that big non-typical one with yep. points everywhere so yeah. he came in right after that one so i had like a 180 class come in and then i had that that one that 168 or whatever he scored you know that non-typical so I, like the day i start passing them things i'm i'm done you know so so anyways with that particular deer the after I had shot that, that buck, that non-typical, I was sitting there and, uh, after that whole thing unfolded, I said, you know, and this buck, I called him HVI. I got the tip. I got the, the nickname from a buddy of mine that was a, a sniper. He, you know, there was a high, high value individual is what they would mm. call their targets. Mm. Right. So, yeah. so I named him HVI that summer when I first found him. And so, yeah. Uh, so HVI, I, I said, I know everything about this guy now. I know everything I need to know about him. That basically connected all the dots and all the things that I, I, I thought this duck, this deer did and where he lived. So the following year, I waited till the exact perfect moment 
perfect day. And I went in there and I had to walk through chest, you know, it's waist deep, chest deep water. And I was, and it was just through a bunch of flooded timber and everything. I just knew where he was living was going to be dry. So, and I hadn't seen him all summer anywhere in the fields. I just got word that somebody had seen a big buck run into that, that timber. So I'm like, all right, that's probably, that's gotta be him. So I go back in there that first day and I go right back to where I suspected he's bedded. I watched him stand up and he walked over to me and I shot him. Golly. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was on the ground. Talk about just gut check feeling, right? It was a gut feeling. I called it from the get go, leaving my office that day. I texted all my buddies. I was like, I'm going in to kill HVI tonight. So like Lucas said, if you're in the thick of it in the early season, man, sometimes there's so much brush, there's leaves on the trees everywhere, you're set up in a weird tree because you're setting up on a bedded buck or a, a spot where a buck's going to bed or what have you. Man, you don't need to be shooting a flimsy arrow trying to make it through this stuff and just hoping that it makes a decent shot on deer. What you need is a quality arrow that's a heavier arrow that has good FOC, and that's what vector arrows are, okay? They are made to penetrate. They are made to endure. They're made to do all the things that we need our archery equipment to do on big, nasty, giant bucks, okay? So go to VectorCustomShop.com, and you can go use their algorithm to input your draw length, your bow draw weight, and all that other stuff, and they will spit you out the perfect arrow for your setup. So check out VectorCustomShop.com. 100%. I knew it in my heart I was going to kill him. It was <laughs> the weirdest experience ever. <laughs> but, that's awesome, dude. That's so cool. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah, why, yeah. So why do you, uh, you know, that worked out that evening, and that's kind of the a little mm-hmm. bit of the stereotypical type, but why do you choose to do mornings a lot of the time? So, well, to, to, for, for bedding especially, for bedding especially, uh, that's, when, that's when you can get in there. The deer generally don't like to move too much in the evenings anymore around here because of the pressure we've been getting from people over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Mm. So it can, it can be tough to get a deer up in shooting light in the evenings, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's not always the case, but I've just mm-hmm. noticed I've had a lot of, a lot of better luck getting in there in the morning and catching them coming in late even, you know, nine, 10 in the morning. Really? You know, if you sit there long enough. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, you wouldn't think that a lot of people don't hunt early mornings in, in the early season. So, yeah. Are there, uh, are there any variables for like that tell you early season in the morning is the place to be, you know, that's, that's the thing to do and to get in there. Like that lets you know that you're not gonna, you know, walk in there in the dark and he's already going to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of tough, right? If, if you're running trail cameras, hopefully you're, hopefully you have that intel, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're using a trail camera, I've, I've been slowly getting away of, away from trail cameras over the last few years. I'll still use them here and there, but for the most part, it's literally just to know a deer exists, not mm-hmm. to necessarily know whether when he's moving or not. And cause I've actually, I feel like I've screwed up more hunts than I've than than anything with deer with, with running trail cameras. Cause I just, you know, you just go in there, it's just more, more scent in there and it's more, mm-hmm. they, they just, you just alarm them. You know, these big deer, they just, they don't get big for no reason. They, I hate even taking a risk on that. So with, 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 with mornings here, I, th- I feel like I have a better chance getting, getting a daylight look at them. And number two, if I screw it up, big deal, I'm on to the next spot. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of how I look at that. And, you know, and if it's not a river access, I'm making a big loop anyways. So I'm coming in completely back door. Most of the time, either I kill the deer or I'll be able to sneak out of there without even anything knowing I was there, hopefully. Cause if he's not, if he, if I don't see him bed down anywhere, he's just not there. 
mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I've walked in. I, I think deer will be, I think deer really, uh, I think they'll accept pressure in the dark. You know, if you, I've watched a lot mm-hmm. of deer while I'm walking in and, you know, when you're walking in and there's this eyes right there and eyes right here. And I've had deer just lay there 20 yards, 25 yards away while I set up a stand. And then yeah. they just lay there. They don't get up until daylight. And then they just wander off. They don't even act like anything was a big deal. Yeah. So, and I don't I've really worry about thing. it too much, you know? Yeah. I've seen the same thing in the dark, man. Like, I feel like, uh, Especially if you're walking in with a flashlight in their eyes, they got no clue what's, you know, they're just like, oh, this is weird, you know. But right, right. it's uh, yep. it's crazy because you start looking at, you know, I've, me and Casey have talked about this some too, where like you've got, um, you know, you, you'll see deer like on the road or in random spots. You're like, man, you know, there's not hardly any brush anywhere around here. And it's, right. you know, it's at night. This deer is it just, to me, it seems like deer are willing to do just outrageous things at night you know and obviously Mm -hmm. you hear these stories of these bucks that take off you know across the middle of open stuff you know ended up miles away they're doing most of that at night so you make a good point there so yep um what else casey well when do you uh you know i want to go back to kind of one of the first things you said and that was uh you kind of knew where the beds were and i i understand Mm -hmm. that's just from you know just years of going in there putting boots on the ground and getting it but kind of the other key factor to that is like uh, knowing what bucks are using those beds, and you set out in the fields or whatever. Are you doing that? Are you are you shining? Are you running cameras on field edges, or how are you determining where uh, you know shooters are, or what shooters exist? Yeah, a lot of lot of it. Lot of it is is sitting in the pickup glassing. You know, uh-huh. a lot of it, a lot of it. So if I can just get a glimpse of a deer running away, right. Even and a lot of times it's that, right. You come driving up the road. Sometimes you get to stop <laughs> way short, whip the binos out. You see them all running away. And then pretty quick, you see a big rack running in the brush. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And they That's look real big from I behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they always do, right. They yeah. Do. Oh yeah. It's always, a, it's always a Boone and Crockett when they're running away. Oh, every time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, so from there, what I might do is depending on, my you know my my comfortability of whether or not they're going to be out there another night or if i got to get there earlier one day and actually just set up somewhere maybe go climb a tree you know a few hundred yards away to get a good look at that field or that back corner um to get a look at them visually you know or if i if i can you know if i'm comfortable there's not going to be any other people around you know messing around too much then I'll, I'll, i'll go put a camera on the edge out there somewhere and a lot of times i'll put them out in the fields like quite a ways you know, where them deer are working their way out, you know, you can go find where, where they're congregating, maybe crossing some ditches or something that way out in the fields. And you can find a little tree row where, where they're, they're, they're walking by it a lot, or, or a, even an opening in a, in a fence, a gate or something like that, where none of these other guys are going to find that stuff because they're not going out there to take, you know, to mess with your camera. Cause they're not out there. They're mm-hmm. over by the brush where typically you're going to go get pictures. Cause Really, I'm just looking to see if a deer exists. You know, if a deer exists and I get a picture of him out in them fields, all right, he's part of that group of deer coming from that timber. All right, I, I'm I got the first thing out of the way. I just got to know where he's know where he's coming from. Then from there, I can make a game plan on how far I think they are going to be deep because up here they can be a mile deep or they could be 300 yards deep into the brush. You mm-hmm. know, it just depends on a lot of times in in the in the early season they'll bet a little bit closer, right? They'll bet a little bit closer to the bedding area. But if they start to get pressure, now they're all the way back, you know, as far back as possible they can get. And, th- and they're going to do a lot of traveling to get out there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense to me, man. Yeah, that's cool stuff, dude, and it's good information, and I think it'll be real helpful for a lot of people. So I got a question for you. You are a confident dude. You're a call-your-shot kind of guy. Are you willing to call your shot on what date you're going to shoot your first buck this year? Opening night. Woo! I love it, bro. You got a plan. <laughs> Ready to go. I, got a, I, I just glassed up uh I just glassed up a deer that I've been seeing and running around with and having some run-ins with the last few years. He's a giant. He's a I'm pretty sure he's still an eight. I got a really good look at a pretty good look at him the other night. And uh he's he's a big eight, old. I think he must be about eight and a half now, probably. Giant body. I mean, he's everything I want. He, and whether he scores anything really much at all i don't really care even though i know he's got a hell of a rack on him that's not the point it's just the deer he's got this aura about him and it's yeah. like i want this deer because last year he uh and I'll, I'll send you i'll send you a little video of him last year uh after the after the after we get done chatting and uh so this year he's got he he ends up his right beam comes comes all the way and he's getting older so he's doing some weird stuff with his rack now he uh his right beam comes out and then actually points down towards his nose on his right side for sure mm. and it's kind of neat looking and uh, cool. he came out the other night and i was typically i was i was looking for him i was out there i mean my dad were i went and climbed this tree and i was looking at him watching a corner of a field and and uh i seen him come out right where he came out last year opening night so uh, so i'm making a move on him this this year and uh as long as i get the predominant wind that's around here He's, he's he's probably as good as dead. That's, that's oh. the plan. Oh, I love it, dude. <laughs> I love it, dude. Well, good good luck with that, man. I think you got a heck of a plan ready to rock and roll. And uh, yeah, uh, confidence kills, man. I say that every year, you know. Like, yeah. it, it, it makes a difference. Like, if you believe you can go in and get it done, that makes a big difference on if you're actually able to or not. So, uh, Oh, hell yeah. And yeah. It, makes it, how much, it makes it that much more fun, right? Oh, yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it, it's not a lot of fun to go in the woods real timid and be like, eh, no, no, no. You know? It's way <laughs> yeah, more fun exactly. to go in the woods, like, listen to Michael Jackson on the way. You know, you're just like, you're ready to rock and roll, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's the way to I mean, do it. I don't, I mean, I'm typically like that almost every time I go in. It's just like, I'm not, because I'm never hunting a spot. I don't think I can kill one. You know, I'm never yeah. like, so, so it's it's very rare you know so but but this is one of those other ones where it's like okay okay dude you know this is this will be the third year in a row you've been toying around in this spot and i've, I've i didn't shoot you the, the you know two years ago and last year it was actually i was i had my buddy out and he's from wisconsin and he was with me and i i, I let him hunt that hunt and he actually skirted and we weren't actually after that deer typically because i hadn't gone over there and scouted the area and he was getting so old and had no pictures of him after season was kind of up last the year before i was like i don't even know if he's still alive and he shows up and he comes out right there so last year he did that Mm. this this year so i see him again he comes walking right out in that spot and i'm like all right dead deer all right next friday night you and me we got a date let's do it oh i love it dude i love it well i hope that uh everyone listening can also just kind of uh get a little confidence from you in their abilities to go in and kill big bucks in the early season. So, man, we really appreciate all the tips, dude, and uh, good hunting this season. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, best of luck to everybody else, too. You know, just go in there with the kill. Go in there. You know what's going to happen. That's what I do. 
Guys, I hope you're finding this information helpful. I know I am. I love talking to big buck killers, and that's what we've tried to do with this early season series. We're actually fixing to head out and do some early season hunting. So if you haven't yet, you really need to subscribe on YouTube because that's where you're going to get to follow along with all of our hunts that we have going for the 2021 season. And let me tell you, right now we've got some cool stuff actually going on over there too. Tyler and I have new bows. Nose. And nose, yes, that's right. <laughs> and they're pretty slick. We just put out a video the other night. You should go check that out. Uh, I think it's called New Bows, or at least the thumbnail says so. So, <laughs> so go check that out if you haven't. And we really appreciate it if you, if you subscribe on the podcast as well and leave a review if you haven't. Thank you all so much for following along, supporting us in what we do. And uh, we really, really appreciate all the uh, texts, all the comments, anything y'all want to send our way, any questions you have or whatever. Let's get this thing rolling because season is almost here. And remember, this is your element. Live in it. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.